Welcome back to Counting on Grace by Elizabeth Winthrop, Chapter 5, My Papers. I've been in the mill lots of times. Summers ever since I was nine, I've been cooking the hot meal for ma mère and papa and Delia and taking in the dinner pails in the middle of the day. Delia let me push her bobbin dolly. I played mumblety peg or roll the bobbin with Dougie and Bridget and Felix when he was a summer sweeper boy in the spinning room. And grease skating, that's the best. Thomas invented that game. Too bad he can't play it no more with his twisted foot. With all the oil dripping off the machines, bare feet slide around easy. The boys draw a line at the end of one alley between the frames where French Johnny can't see us, and we run and set our legs into a long slide. I'm skinny for my age, and I've got big feet, but I can go the farthest because I know how to keep myself low to the floor. Sometimes you slip and fall. That's a chance you take. But now I'm here to work, not play. The air in the mill is stuffy and linty and sweaty at the same time, because all day long water sprays down on the frames from little hoses in the ceiling. Wet keeps the threads from breaking. The windows are shut tight, even in the summer. You don't breathe too deep for fear of what you might be sucking down your throat. People complain about the noise, but it's not so bad in the spinning room. The belts up above our heads slap and the big roll drives turn and the bobbins spin like a thousand bees buzzing. You get used to it, so you almost miss it. When you step outside, the world seems too quiet all of a sudden. The weaving room is the worst. In there, you get a pounding sound every time a beam slaps into place. And there are a hundred beams slapping at once, and the whole floor shakes and jumps. Most of the people who work in weaving go deaf early on. That's why I say Delia should stay in the spinning room, even if she won't make as much money. You're not supposed to work in the mill until you're 14, but visiting is fine. French Johnny likes us kids going in and out all the time. He says, that way, we get used to the work. The only people you worry about are the state inspectors. When French Johnny blows the whistle, all the kids in the mill, even the ones just visiting, know to run as fast as we can so he can hide us in the elevator that carries the cotton between the floors. The inspector always stops in at the front office and dawdles around there for a while so us kids have time to hide. Seems to me he don't really want to find us. We skitter across the room like those big cockroaches that come up through the floorboards in the summertime. Our mothers make a wall out of themselves to hide us. It gets hot in that old elevator and the inspector can take hours to look through the mill top to bottom. A couple of kids fainted last August, and French Johnny had to throw cold water on them when he slid open the metal doors. I didn't feel so good myself, but I didn't say a word. You look kind of green, Pierre Gagnon said to me when we filed out. Green Grace, green Grace, Felix shouted, and everybody called me that for a while. When nobody was looking, I smacked Felix hard on the top of his head. By the time he turned around, I was gone. I've got fast feet, fast hands, and fast fingers. Now, I'm really going to need them. 
French Johnny is the first Franco secondhand we ever had in the mill. Mr. Wilson, the overseer, is an Englishman from England, and he wrinkles up his nose whenever French Johnny is near, like he might catch something bad from him. Mamère says Mr. Wilson wanted another one of his sons to get the job a second hand, but the boy hated the mill so much, he ran off and joined the army. Nobody else around who could do the job, so the superintendent told Mr. Wilson he had to hire the Frenchman. French Johnny don't have an office, but he has a corner of the spinning room, and even though it's got no walls, we all know not to go near unless we're invited. When he sees Mamère waiting for me, he finishes fastening on his white apron and straightens that bow tie. It looks kind of puny flopping around next to French Johnny's big, thick neck, but he wears, he's proud to wear it because then everybody knows he's secondhand, even strangers coming into the mill. When he's done making us wait, he nods for us to take two steps into his area. My girl is here to doff. Mamère says, got her papers? Of course, says my mother, and hands him a piece of paper with some kind of seal on it. I stand on my tiptoes to look. It must have been hidden at the very bottom of the trunk. French Johnny takes a long time. He reads pretty slow. Says her name is Claire. Grace is her middle name. Claire after her grandmother. Claire, I'm wondering. Ma mère, I never. My mother steps on my foot and goes on smiling up at French Johnny. He grins. Your girl is a talker, just like Arthur, he says with a nod over his shoulder at Mrs. Trottier's frame. Don't I know, says my mother. She lifts her boot to test if I'm going to keep quiet now. My bare toes are throbbing. I didn't tell you where Arthur was hiding, I blurt out and down comes the boot. I yelp. Hope she's as quick with her fingers as she is with her mouth, says French Johnny. He's looking right at my mother. Look how Delia's done, says ma mère. Forcier women are born to spin. And sing, he asks. Ma mère shrugs, but her eyes sparkle. In the space between them, I can see Arthur piecing up ends as fast as he can. But he's too late. The scavengers roll already clattered to the floor, which means his threads are breaking all up and down the frame. They're going to have to shut down the machine to clean up the mess. Even before he turns around, French Johnny knows what happened. His ears are always cocked to the frames. When one of them goes down, it might as well be one of his children crying out for something. Two weeks learners pay starting today. He calls back over his shoulder as he goes to check Mrs. Trottier's frame. I'm going to work right now. Arthur's got slow fingers, says ma mère. Must run in the family. No wonder they can only cover two frames. She is walking me toward her own six. Delia's already starting them up. Ma mère, who's Claire? I shout. Ma mère knows how to tilt her head and pitch her voice so I can hear her above the hum and buzz of the spindles. The baby girl that died. I feel a jolt in my stomach. When? Fourteen years ago. You never told me, she shrugs. You don't count on keeping your children till they turn ten. No point. My mother lost four. What did the baby die from? 
fever, never knew the cause. Little poorly thing right from the beginning. No use crying about that. She says all this while marching across the spinning floor, waving at one person, then speaking in another's ear as we pass, making them hoot with laughter. All the spinners lift their heads when Mamère goes by, except for Arthur's mother. She don't dare lift her head for nothing now that French Johnny has gotten that machine of hers up and running. Won't be long before her other one goes down. I trot along behind thinking about all those years when Mamère wasn't counting on me living past the age of 10. It's too big and strange an idea to take in. I decide it can't be true. She must have known I was tougher than that sickly older sister of mine. Then I have no time to think about anything but bobbins. <laughs>